What? Oh, I know, I know. I'm the one to avoid. That's why they hide the names. There would be a lot fewer people here. Thank you. I know. <laughs> okay. We're probably mostly here. I have. No, I honestly come in the room with no idea what the with the official start and stop time is. I'm going to guess 6:35 is our start, and I know we're supposed. To, I think it's 40 minutes. So 6:35. Do the math for me. So 6:35, 40 minutes would take me to 7:15, right? We'll go for that. See how that works. But it's supposed to be like 30, 35 minutes. You know, then do questions. But I might get you out of here early for ice cream. So we'll see. Don't. Okay. All right. All right. I don't need this. Don't need this. Don't need this. Boom, I've got 6.35. I actually have no idea when the official start time is. I'm guessing it's... I had I had a schedule, but it only went through the, to the big talk. So make it up. So 6:35. I think we're supposed to be here. I'm gonna say 40 minutes. So 7:15 is ice cream time. Okay, unless we get it done early. But uh, okay, um, welcome. I I hope you're in the right place. Um, we'll see how the tech goes. I tried it before. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. So we'll. We'll see which one happens. It's probably going to be a little bit of both. So uh, my name is Brad Files. Let me see what happens. Does this do something? That should do something. Let me try it again. Uh, this is not working. All right. So I might. Chris, I might enlist. Chris is one of my tech volunteers. So heart to serve and a gift for technology. So Chris, you know. If you do the command tab to make sure it's selected Chrome, and then sometimes that wakes it up. So can you do that? All right, and then now let me try this now and see if that's doing anything. It worked before, I promise. Okay, so I'm going to get a left. What happens with now? If we get a left click, what should happen is we should get, go into a video, and hopefully you can hear it. So we'll see if all these things work. But. Uh, well, click, and then maybe it's another slide. I honestly don't remember. I see your mouse moving. So, hmm. What we could do is escape and then start the slideshow again. Because it's on a second screen. You know where the second screen is from this one? Yeah, it's off. This the screen, yeah, you're, you're, I think it's to the left. I see your cursor now. But just, so if you click, hit, all right. Okay, there we go. So we've got an introduction. Let's see if we can get some more here. Next slide. Beautiful. Okay, let's start hitting some buttons. So I, can you believe it? 55 years I've been at Northridge. You think I'm lying to you? I'm not. I was five years old. 
And my dad was working at Kodak office, and someone said, can anyone's wife play the organ? And my dad raised his hand. And our first Sunday here, five years old, my mom was up there where the coffee machine is in the uh, cafe up there playing the organ. And there was, so, and it's been 30 years. I don't know what the next, I remember, yeah, 30 years of groups. 30 years ago, this fall was my first small group experience, which means I'm not getting to the point where I've lived longer as a group leader than not a group leader. So what that means is, in those 30 years, I've made every mistake possible. I think that's the next line here. Every possible mistake. So you get the benefits of all the stupid tax I have paid. If there's a way to do it wrong, I've done it. Hopefully I can steer you away from those uh, potholes. So I just want to say, so I, I, since I don't know everything, I looked for a little advice online, and I found some helpful tips for leading a group. So hopefully the video will work. Hi, my name's Aaron, and I've led dozens, tens, at least a handful of small groups, and almost everybody who is in those small groups are still believers. <laughs> so I wanted to give you my top five ways to lead a small group. <laughs> Step one, be unprepared. Go into it totally unprepared. I mean, it's a small group. Small, like small potatoes, small fry. No big deal. Leave the preparation to the theologians and pastors. That's why they get the big bucks. I like to take the passage of scripture and your people up and you have everything you need right there. And then, you know, Maybe cross-reference some verses with genealogies and that'll kill a bunch of <laughs> Step two, never do anything outside of group time. Don't get sucked into this vortex of being build rapport or something like that. You don't need to know these people's private lives. That's why it's called a private life. And as far as we're concerned, you don't exist outside of group. Step three, be structured. As a leader, never. Never, never let your group get off track, off schedule, off topic. If the group starts at 6.30, be wrapping up your opening prayer by 6.32. Amen? This is going to happen. Trust me, I've had to shut it down more times than I can count. Somebody's going to come in with some off topic thing like their mom's in the hospital or some staff. Do not take the bait. I repeat, do not take the bait. If you take the bait, you are a guppy. And we all know what happens to guppies. They get put in a tank, they drive fish food for their entire lives until one day we find them belly up and they get flushed. And they get flushed, don't take the bait. Don't get off schedule, don't be a guppy. Step four, be afraid of silence. Silence is deadly. That's right. You'll make people uncomfortable. Just listen. <laughs> you don't want to make people uncomfortable with silence. Your curriculum probably have questions in it. Read them. Memorize your answers. Know them. Be ready. Try this. Anybody have anything else to add? No? Great. Let's move on. Your small group members are like sheep. You need to feed them. Do they have five Bible apps on their phone like you do? Do they have an online certificate from a Bible course? No. They can't just be talking about scriptures and worldview willy-nilly on their own. They need a leader who knows it. 
Feed them like a buffet of Bible knowledge with the steam pouring off the mashed potatoes. That's a good leader. I'm already getting hot, so I'm going to turn the air conditioning back on. I think I'll yell over the air conditioning. I was more concerned about the, the video. So anyway, boom, there we go. So um, like I said, I've been leading groups for 30 years, Karen and I. This was our group a few years ago, obviously pre-pandemic. Um, most of these people aren't in Northridge anymore, but most... <laughs> 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 Honestly, it's good. Most, most of them were RIT students and they, you know, they, their careers have taken them elsewhere and we just got to pour in their lives for a short period of time. But uh, I really didn't realize how funny that would sound when I did that. <laughs> okay, uh, Brendan and Leah um, got engaged while they were in our group, got married June 2020 of COVID. There were six people there, a whole bunch of family on Zoom, and six of us physically. At, at the park, you know, um, so just really a treat, you know, Brendan, Brendan actually lived with us and we just did a lot of COVID together, but uh, the next slide is more recent, so you can see the pandemic aged us significantly, so got a whole different crew of people that we love doing life with, got a bunch more coming in, so uh, love groups, so next slide, let's see what we got coming, so um, mindset. I just want to start with kind of the mindset we approach group discussion with. And uh, let's keep rolling. So just some reminders that I have for myself, like don't forget to pray. I put this up here for me. I mean, most everything I say today, I'm reminding myself of, and this especially. Don't forget to pray. Why? Because I have forgotten, you know, to pray. I love a reminder to pursue Christ and to um, focus on that, but be praying um, for your people, being praying for yourself. Remind ourselves, what is the goal? Well, the goal is, da 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 thy kingdom come. I put this in here because of our, we've just finished our series on the Summer on the Mount, and just that reminder of letting the kingdom of God take more and more territory in our lives, and that prayer, thy kingdom come. We want to lead discussions, create group environments where that really is happening. The kingdom of God is growing in people's lives. Next slide. So that together we become more like Christ. And how do we do that in groups? Just a reminder, what are we all about in groups but the ABCs? So we want to apply the Bible. We want to build relationships. And we want to care for one another. Um, now, group discussion doesn't get all that done. I know that. But it's a great tool, and we certainly don't want to conduct them in a way that prevents that or blocks that. So let's keep rolling. So what are groups for? Well, groups do not serve the purpose of teaching. That is not what they are about. In fact, they do serve the purpose of community. And I think that as you think about groups, you should think about them not as classrooms for content. That's not what they're about. You are not a teacher. You are not a dispenser of information. Instead, they are gardens for growth. You want to prepare the soil. You want to prepare a place where spiritual growth can happen. So uh, one way to think about that is, um, I know that I went through this um, mindset shift many years ago. 
and just kind of wonder, well, aren't groups just Bible studies? Isn't that really what they are? Well, no. And Bible studies are wonderful. I'm not dissing Bible studies. Bible studies are great. And you might have people in your group who do Bible studies and, you know, get intentional about that. But just to contrast, what is different about really a Bible study and a community group? One is the content. Um, so next slide. So in a Bible study, you're really working on new content. You're, you're focusing on your teacher or, some, or you know, you're, you're either um, using a resource um, to get new content or someone is presenting new content. But in community groups, we're actually dealing with old content. It might be just a few hours old, you know, a few days old, but what was presented on Sunday morning, we want, that's where the, the teaching gift was exercised, you know, and someone shared great content. Now, we're trying to bring it into our lives. So, it, so a community group is working with old content and new content. The flow is not one to many. You know, Drew stands up there on the stage, whoever is there, you know, on a Sunday morning, that's a broadcast format. You know, one person to many. Love the feedback, Drew loves the feedback. But he is providing, you know, the, um, providing the concept. In a community group, it's really many to many. You just want to create an environment where, not where everyone's looking to you, but where people can share and work with one another. So your role is really facilitate, not dispensing information, but facilitating information. So the gifts involved are not teaching gifts, right? So you guys, as community group leaders, we didn't choose you as community group leaders primarily because you had teaching gifts, but because you love people. You have gifts of mercy, of helps. You care for people. And people smell that, see that, trust that um, from you. So do good group leaders need to be good teachers? Well, we do have good teachers as group leaders because we have many on staff who have a gift of teaching, and all of them are community group leaders. So it's going to happen. You're going to have teachers, you know, good teachers who are uh, group leaders, but there's something teachers need to look out for, ways they might get in their own way. So they may monopolize, and they may monopolize in a good way because they share great content. People love to hear what they have to say about the Bible. They've got great insights, and then people just start getting into that habit of listening to someone who's got great stuff to share, but that might interfere with others contributing. Uh, teachers, and therefore, they can limit growth. Why? Because they're a little scarce, okay? I uh, next next uh, line. Oh, I didn't. I, I, I took it out of there. <laughs> we were talking about it when I presented the breakout. Like, Brad, do you have that line or not? Because I totally made it up. But uh, just in my experience, I put down like a ratio of a hundred to one. I just I think if you look at a crowd of a hundred people, you know, you can find someone in that hundred who's very good at teaching, right? Um, and if you look, maybe a thousand to one even, just think about the size of our church, someone who's truly gifted in leadership. But if you have a random crowd of 10, you know, the size of a community group, less likely you're finding something, someone with a teacher. So you can't even grow if that's what you're looking for. But instead, leaders create safe spaces. That's their role. They're going to create places where people feel free to share you know, and grow. So, they show compassion and care, so they create an environment that's very inviting for people to contribute. They encourage collaboration. They're all about replacing themselves, and they can do that because we have found, I mean, just look around, we, as we've grown as a church, and we get people into groups, we find that, is it 10 to 1? Is it 5 to 1? We may have four leaders in a group, right? Because if you have two couples, there's four people in that group. So I don't know, is it five to one, is it 10 to one? But we're finding people 
who really do, you know, their walk is worth emulating, you know, they care for others, and they provide, yeah, and they um, create great spaces. So, let's keep rolling. Um, here's just a graphic that I've used, you know, where this is where you, this is what you don't want to happen, and here's what you do want to happen. And sometimes it's not just that the leader is broadcasting, but sometimes everything the leader shares, then a member talks, and the leader comments on it. Right? Someone shares and they comment. And so it always bounces, bounces back to the leader. What's the leader got to say? Is that right? Is that wrong? You don't want that dynamic. You want to be creating a space where the leader is talking less and the people are talking more. Next. Okay, so that's the mindset. That's why I want you to think about discussion. Then how do you actually do discussion? That's what you came for, right? So how do you do discussion? I would say never never skip the ice cream. If you want to create a place, people feel safe, people feel included, never skip the icebreaker. The icebreaker question should be, number one, easy to answer. Now, I don't know, some of you have the app and some of you are filling in the blanks. I don't know how close I am to following your outline. Hopefully it's close, but you can let me know. Raise your hand if I'm like missing blanks or something. But, it should be easy to answer. That is by far the number one priority because we're encouraging participation. You're not going to encourage participation if the question is hard. Make it easy. Make it fun. The third one is to make it relevant. But I would say that's optional. Sometimes we stretch a little too far to make an icebreaker relevant. So like when I preached on salt and light, you could have an icebreaker question that says, hey, what's the strangest food you put salt on? The strangest thing you put salt on, whatever. But, but if you can't find something that's relevant, just go for the fun. You know, um, favorite, you know, favorite summer place to eat, whatever it is, right? Something that's fun. It doesn't have to connect because well, what we're after is. Oh, <laughs> I put this up here just to remind myself to tell a story. But um, we actually had on one of the Northridge discussion guides. That as an icebreaker question. Does it sound easy to answer? You know, I'm not even sure it was relevant, frankly. But anyway, what was your childhood like? Now I'll tell you what happened. We were in our kitchen, and I don't know why it started there. Then before we got to the living room, but someone said, "Look, you know, you mentioned this icebreaker." People started to answer it. People started dragging more chairs into the kitchen. We sat around the kitchen. We just kept eating food. And we, answered, we went around our whole group and we answered that question. It was an amazing group experience. It was incredible. We heard life stories. We heard so many things we never knew each other, about each other. Didn't get to discuss the sermon at all. I don't even remember if we got to prayer time. We were t- it was so, but... Again, an amazing group experience, a terrible icebreaker question. <laughs> because the aim is to make people comfortable. So this was a group of people we already knew each other, you know, for the most part. But to make people comfortable, get the hardest part over first. The hardest part, right, is speaking, right? People's greatest fear is public speaking, right? Or semi-public, right? You're in this group, this new people. So get the hardest part over. Get them talking. It's the scariest thing for them. And involve everyone. So we and our, what we usually do is have a beanie bag, a beanie baby uh, in our group. And so just someone starts answering the icebreaker question and then you just toss it to the next person to answer the icebreaker question. 
and it just and it just communicates. Whoever's got the Beanie Baby, that's the person we're listening to, and everyone's going to get a chance to see the Beanie Baby, right? But you want to involve everyone, and you want to make sure that goes for the discussion too, right? So you don't want everyone answering every question during discussion, but in the course of the discussion, I want to hear from everyone. I would really like everyone to make at least you know some contribution. All right, next. <clears throat> so. How do we lead a good discussion? We lead a good discussion by, well, asking good questions. So what are we after? Well, um, a teacher wants questions answered accurately, okay? A facilitator wants questions answered honestly. There's a difference there. So think about a, um, you're taking a college class, right? And, you're, and the teacher asks, what year did the Civil War start? You know, they're not, they're not interested in your feelings about it or getting to know you. They want to verify that they have successfully transferred information to you, right? I want my doctor to have gotten right answers on his medical exam, right? I want him to have accurate information when he is making a diagnosis. But in group, we're looking for answers that aren't, you know, we're not looking for accuracy, we're looking for honest, honesty, answering honesty. So what is a good question? Well, a good question is a very simple definition. And actually, what is a good question is not a good question. Because a good question is a question you don't know the answer to. So what is a good question? I know the answer to that. I'm fishing for something. I have an idea of what is or isn't a good question. But a, a question you don't know the answer to is a good question. What did I say next? Yeah, don't go fishing. So sometimes we ask questions and we're really trying, looking for the opportunity to share something. Or we're fishing for an answer that again is accurate, that's right or wrong. Don't say, hey, what word picture does Paul use here in this text? You might instead say, in light of the fact that Paul compares the Christian life to a race, what is weighing you down? What is keeping you from finishing your race? So that's a question I don't know the answer to. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what you're dealing with. But don't ask questions that are looking for answers, um, right or wrong answers. What did I say next? So if you have something to say, then say it. So you can go ahead and say, hey, Paul here compares Christian life to a race. Um, and then go on to ask your question. So, um, questions that always work. So here are some questions you can always ask. We write discussion guides every week, um, and they're, they're for your benefit. You don't need them, because here are some questions you could use for any, any discussion, really. Um, here are two great questions. First question, what are your exclamation points? Okay, that might take the form of, what grabbed your attention? What was important to you? Now you'll usually see on the discussion guide, our first question looks a lot like this, right? It's like, what can't you stop thinking about, you know, since you heard it on Sunday? What changed the way you understand something? So these are, what grabbed you? I know what grabbed me. I don't know what grabbed you. So it's a question I don't know the answer to. I'd love to hear you know, what was important to you. Also, what are your question marks? 
what confused you? I don't know the answer to that. What is challenging you? What are you? I'm not sure. I, you know, Drew, Drew said this. I'm not sure that's right. Or at least the way I understand it, I don't see how that can be right. I, that sounds contradictory to me. Um, so I think that's impractical. I think it's contradictory. These are all question marks. Again, I don't know the answer. So you always have these two questions, questions that always work. Next. So those two questions always work. Here are three questions that change lives. Three life-changing questions. So the first one's a lot like the exclamation points, but it is what was important to you. So always start with that. That's a first level question. And you know, you can you can always guess the answer. You know, you might be right, you might be wrong about what someone else is going through. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we're we're all, oh yeah, focusing on that same challenging statement, new statement, hadn't seen it expressed that way, might be impacting you. So that is what is important to you. But then that next level question, which invites a little more transparency, a little more vulnerability, a little more sharing, is why? Why was it important to you? We might both have the same answer to what was important to you. Yeah, this thing that Drew said, I totally get it. That's, that's what was important uh, to you. But you and I have very different life experience, so why it's important to you might be different than me. I mean, I'm older. I'm closer to retirement. You're young, just out of school. You're thinking about totally different things, right? It's just, it's gonna, it's gonna impact you differently. Why is it important? And then finally, you know, how does that make a difference in your life? That's, that's where the rubber meets the road, right? That's where the life challenge comes. That's where you wonder, well, what's next week gonna look like that's different than last week? You know, how is this really going to make a difference? Now. You usually find these kinds of application questions at the bottom of our discussion guide. They, they, they come you know, late. They might not happen until prayer time, right? I mean, you might be discussing this in a group. It might be the kind of thing you break up for prayer and you just say, hey, listen, in light of this, what is it you know, that you want to work on, that you want us to encourage you on, you know, to ask you about next week? So that might happen in the prayer time, but you get to that application level. All right. So yeah, great questions for prayer time. So other um, good counsel for discussions. So create space for growth. So less is more. Let me just catch up on my ones here. Less is more. Um, so um, if you ask all the questions on your discussion guide, I consider that a fail. Okay, that's not why we write the discussion guide. We don't write it so that you get through every question. We provide a number of questions because we know not all questions work all the time. You might ask one question that creates that environment where people are responding to one another and that takes up the whole time. That's fine, right? Chances are there's gonna be a few questions that you ask, but I really don't think you should be asking all of them. We just put them there because we know sometimes you have to go in at different angles to get things done. A wise man once said, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. So, shut up. <laughs> Speak less. Hold yourself back. Have the courage to remain silent. So silence is not deadly, like the video said. Silence is golden. Silence is where the magic happens. Have the courage 
to remain silent and hold yourself back. So, be comfortable with silence. That's hard. On the silence, um, I have literally told group leaders, ask a question and count to 10 in your head. And I remember I visited a group, um, Cheryl and Lloyd Murray, years ago. And I'm like, Lloyd, that was a great discussion. You really got some great feedback. I love the way you just waited for people to talk. He said, I was counting to 10, like you told me to. I mean, he looks really wise, right? But uh, <laughs> counting to 10, creating that space, um, limit your bandwidth. Um, encourage the reluctant. I think that's the next one. So encourage the reluctant. Remember I said that when we ask the icebreaker, make sure that everyone answers. Well, I, I want that to happen in the discussion, too. So sometimes I'll say, listen, I've heard a lot from the girls. Guys over here, I, you know, or maybe it's the couch. You know, hey, listen, the couch has been quiet, and I can see the gears turning. I'd really love to know what you guys are thinking about all this. And just to slow it down that encourage, you know, the bigger your group gets, you know, the less safe it's going to be for the more introverted, you know, people in your group. I have no trouble talking. As you can see, my wife, she is not going to talk unless she really believes, you know, she has something to contribute, that people want to listen to her. I mean, if people are just, you know, sharing stuff, like, you know, I'll watch. I, I don't need to be a part of that. So um, encouraging the reluctant. I remember once um, there was a guy in our group, and I remember just pausing and saying, hey, Eric, you know, the, Eric Henry, he was a nuclear chemist, physicist, whatever Jane remembers. But um, he was a thinker, but you know, he hadn't said a thing. I said, Eric, your wheels are turning. And then he, I said, what, what are you thinking? And then what he shared was amazing. We never would have heard it. It was incredible because he, he has to process. He has to think about it. By the time he's on processing, everyone else has moved on. So you pause. You encourage the reluctance. Don't be a know-it-all. Okay, I mean, be a know-it-all is what the video said. We can reverse everything that's there. Don't be a know-it-all. It's so, so tempting. I mean, I paid for my seminary education. I want to use it, right? I want to share the things that I heard. But don't be a know-it-all. You know, hold it back. Limit your bandwidth. I think the other comment I wanted to make about bandwidth was just to think about how much should you be talking you know, during the discussion. If you're one of 10 and you're the facilitator or leader, I mean, that's 10, you're 10% of the group. You're probably going to talk more than 10%. I mean, you're the facilitator, okay? 20%, I don't know, 50%? Okay, we've gone too far, right? If, if more than half the time they're, they're hearing from you, so you really will have to exercise the restraint and hold that. Leave some questions unasked. I already talked about that in the discussion now. Leave some insights unshared. You know, you don't have to share everything that you think about. I mean, I literally, I mean, there many times I'm just like, oh, I've got an interesting thought about that or something that's interesting to me. I deliberately won't share. I'm just going to hold back. I'm going to let others contribute. So leave some insights unshared. Okay, share facilitation, which sounds a little like the opposite of what I've been talking about all this time because I'm trying to teach you to be good discussion leaders, but I want you to model it and I want you to share it. And so what we've done, many of you have done in your groups, uh, but what we have done is every trimester we have a calendar 
and we just schedule. Hey, whose house are we going to be at? Who's bringing the snack? Who's facilitating? And we just put people's names on. We put everyone in the group that we know at the time. We put them on the schedule. We don't ask them. We just put them on the schedule, and we just say, "Hey, you know, you're going to facilitate." And it's like if that's if that if that time doesn't work with you, find someone to swap with. Okay, and um, give plenty of notice. Okay, um, give some guidance, and. Um, Send an email. I think I have the next slide is just a sample email. It's like, hey, Brad, I'm encouraging myself here. You know, send off a little email. Thanks so much for jumping in and facilitating discussion on Wednesday. It's pretty low key, as you've seen, and you'll do great. Uh, here's the website that posts the discussion guides every week. Oh, and this video called Leading Great Discussions has some killer tips. My best criteria for good question is, uh, is a question that I don't have the answer to, and then you know, talk a little more about that and stuff, and say, well, you know, if you need anything else, okay? I uh, presented this breakout to the other leaders, and, and uh, Jason reminded me, Brett already got that up on the website. So I think, I'm, I think you can find on the website an example email, just in how to share facilitation. But um, do it, you know, share it, share it with others. Uh, next slide. And then thank them, you know, after it's done, and celebrate them. No matter what they did, okay? It's going to be weird. It's going to be entertaining. Strange stuff will happen. It's, but let it happen, okay? It's how you know, people, people grow. We had a woman come, and she just, she had written a song, and she shared a song. That was, I mean, it was wonderful. It was a, it never happened before or after, but uh, it was, it was like, people will do strange things. But go ahead and thank them. Go ahead and thank them and celebrate them. Share facilitation. Um, keep your eyes on the prize. Uh, and that prize, of course, is that together we become more like Jesus. Uh, we're going to apply the Bible. So we see that happening in discussion, right? We're going to you know, listen to this. Now, 80 to 90% of our groups, they're discussing the sermon each week. But you as leaders, some of you are making it difficult. Totally free. Do whatever you want. Uh, we have right now media has a bunch of resources. There's other good Bible. Uh, so I, I'll, I'll mention some things in the resources. There's other good things you can do. I would just, I love sermon discussion, you know, for a few reasons. One reason is that um, the, the, the preacher, you know, loves it because they know that something that got, you know, shared on Sunday, which people always said, awesome sermon, pastor. They know they're going to get reminded of it. They know it's going to get a chance to get a little more traction in their lives. So it just gives space for good stuff to happen. It gets you out of the way. I mean, it's just easier, right? Let someone else do that heavy lifting. Um, build relationships. Again, we're vulnerable with one another. We're encouraging with one another. We're collaborating on life's challenges together and caring for one another. As people share, we're going to respond so all those things, those discussion can be part of that. Discussion isn't all of that. Discussion can be part of that. Um, your character matters more than your skill. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, how to, how to do it right, but it's really not about that. I mean, people care that you care. Um, people care that you demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. Um, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, patience, gentleness, self-control. Those things are evident in your life. That's what people come back for, not the fact that you're a good uh, discussion leader. So, resources. Um, so a couple of things. I think what I have up here 
doesn't necessarily match what you have on the app, we'll find out. Um, now that's a good question. That's a book by Trip Powell. So some people like to read books, some people don't. I get that. But if you like books, and this is a small book, short book, and I like it a lot. Now that's a good question by Trip Powell. Um, with just how to come up with good questions, how to read discussions well. What else do I have on there? Side by Side by Ed Welch. Okay, I have true confession. I haven't, I haven't uh, used this yet, but Adam Condon loves it. So I included it. I'll check it out myself, but on the basis of Adam Condon, you know, loves it. Uh, next, uh, Scott Bixby, loved, as far as printed Bible studies go, the new, um, this is the New Living Translation, Life Application Bible Studies. So in starting point, it's all about you know having good discussion. We give people New Living Translation because it's so helpful. It's a paraphrase, but so easy to read. So so easy for people to ask. And they have great questions in the Bible study. So you can get the whole Life Application Study Bible, or what, what you can get here is just individual books of the Bible, the John or the other books. Um, and we have weekly discussion guides, which I've been mentioning, which you guys are probably already using at northridgeleaders.com. Finally, um, there are some recommended resources on the Northridge channel at writingdownmedia.org. So, show of hands, right or wrong answer here, sorry, it's not a good question. Um, how, many, how many of you have gotten, have an account and have gotten into Right Now Media? Okay, how many have not? Okay, a few. So I just encourage you, so we pay for it as a church. Um, it's a little expensive, but we think it's worth it. It's just a, it's a treasure trove of material. So if you go to uh, go to the Northridge website, go to Equip. I mean, there's a place you'll find Right Now Media, and you get to the page that lets you um, use Northridge credentials. You'll get to create your own account, but it's because you're part of Northridge. You get in for free and get to use Right Now Media. And Jason has um, selected those recommended resources, like things we love, you know, or are confident in, um, that are there. Okay, what do I have next? And that's questions. I have no idea what time it is. What time is it? What? 7.12. meant. let's, okay, so that's three minutes for questions. Sorry about that. But um, uh, went pretty fast. What was important to you? What confused you? What <laughs> were your question marks? What, what questions do you have about discussion? Chris? Should we be driving vulnerability? Uh, driving what? Vulnerability. Um, we should. How do you think we should do that? And that's, that's not a good question because I kind of have some opinions on it. But uh, are there ways in which you've seen people be vulnerable? And the things that you've done that help with that? Not consistent, you know, not okay. Consistent. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing is modeling it. So, I mean, I, I've, I've shared it, you know, in regroup before, but, you know, just times like, you're, you know, where I've had to say, hey, you know what, I clicked on some stuff I shouldn't have on the Internet. You know, I might do that with the guys, not the girls, you know, or something. But, but, you know, we as leaders, we're all broken too, right? Everyone's broken. They're broken in different ways. And, and that's the, the same guy, Eric Henry, was in our group, and I remember sharing that. And his head snapped to me, and he says, you guys talk about that here? And it just opened it up for him to know, you know, that was a safe place. We, we help each other. We, we talk about the real stuff. So I think in terms of the vulnerability is, you know, um, modeling it, you know, being transparent about your own stuff. 
And then also when people share, you know, you're not pouncing on them, right? You're celebrating the fact that they're that open, they're that willing to share, and those are the sins that Christ died for. I mean, for all of us. Other thoughts on that? That's a great question. I'm encouraging that. Thoughts? Questions? Rick? I have a question. Just, I love the, the illustration you have of what it's not always fun when you have to be there. Right. Um, and self admittedly, I have a problem with silence. Right? It's yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's hard. I know. Um, but what happens when you count to 10? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I, I've seen... What's that? Um, yeah, one, one thing that, uh, that I... I mean, all these things are... I've seen other people do and you steal the ideas, right? I mean, nothing's original with me. But one thing I saw that was really great was someone at in a group where was, people were reluctant to share... They asked a question. Everyone had a piece of paper, and they said, "Let me give you, a, let me give you a couple of minutes to write down some thoughts." You know, you just give it space. Everyone's writing something. Okay, all right. Hey, anyone want to share what they wrote? You know, that was something that just gave people more time to process. Or you know, they're expected. You know, we're going to wait for each other. You know, we're going to make those contributions. That was one thing I thought that. Got, Korea, yeah. That's the thing that if we're going to do like a question like one thing that our group is Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, so rephrase. I ask, if I'm winging it, you know, or doing it fast, I, I, I fall into bad questions, you know, all the time. Things that do, you shut it down. Yeah, 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 we're fishing. I'm fishing sometimes, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah, just, yeah, rephrase it. Yep, that's good. Um, other questions about discussion? While. Yeah, in order to illustrate what he was just saying, and this question is just for you, uh-huh. is war really a good idea? Is war really? <laughs> yeah, good question, Lyle. Good question. No, not, not a good question. Yeah. All right. Um, so there's one other question that people often ask, which you haven't asked. So I've come fishing, so I'll go ahead and ask it. Um, is people will ask, well, what happens when the discussion just... What, when there's just a bonkers answer, right? You know, just way off the rails, heresy, crazy, whatever, you know. What do you, what do you, what do, you do with that? And, uh, and the impulse is to correct it on the spot. But you just, it's, again, stuff happens. Sometimes it's just like asking the person to rephrase the question. You know, well, just say, 
Well, repeat back to them what they said often helps, right? So are you saying, and then you lay it out, and you say, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. So sometimes that will clear it up. Like, no, no, that's what they meant, you know. And then it's like, um, okay, so what does the rest of the group, uh, you know, think, you know? Or that's very interesting. Um, can you show me, you know, in the text where, you know, you know how you, how you got that? I'm just kind of curious as to, you know, you know, as, and sometimes as they work it out. But you're looking for those opportunities for them to work it out for themselves, work it out with others, again, without being pounced on. Right, because we want, we love that they share that stuff. That's a, that's honest, right? That's what they're thinking, and they shared it, and they're brave. Don't shoot them down for it. John, last question, because I know people want ice cream. Question, they're like, I've had those opportunities, and like, so they go, oh, "Thanks for sharing that." Like, what does everybody else think about it? And then it just gets worse. Everybody's like, "Oh, that's great!" I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, the last, the, the very last iteration is like, again, if people feel heard and you've affirmed what they've said, and said, that's very interesting. I said, you know, the way I've thought of it, then you just have to enter into it. Well, the way I've thought about it is this, you know, and um, so, and you, you know, you can go ahead and share. But it's not a question, it's a statement, right? Sure. You, you've, earned the, you've earned the right to share as well, but, you know, you do it after you've encouraged others, made sure that you've heard them, you know, that they listened to Mm-hmm. You have a right to belong, but we have the right to tell you the truth. And right. This is totally off the wall. Right. right. I'm the leader, and right. this is what the Bible says. Right. Yeah, and the bottom line is if that's not what Drew said, right, or that's what the Bible said, you know, it's just like, yeah, put that. Okay, I think we've gone. What time is it now? I think we're at 11. It's uh, 20 after. Okay, 20 after. Listen, thank you so much. Anyone has more questions, come on up. Otherwise, go get your ice cream. Chris, thank you. Sure, thanks.